0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the College Football Uncensored Podcast brought to you by Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com. Enter promo code Saturday Down South to take 20% off your orders of any sauce or apparel. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always,
1: the real host of this show, Chris Mahler. What? You guys know yeah. him Uncle Chris. Oh, these these intros are getting better and better from you. I know. I think you were just like, like I think most people would have thought that. You were probably bummed you didn't get to do the pot on Sunday, but I know you well enough. know so that you were like, "Yes, I'm gonna sleep in. I'm gonna go to the Braves game." What is sleeping in? Yeah, for real, that's that's not your game. Um, I can't do that anymore. But yes,
0: I did go to the Braves game on Saturday, which or on Sunday night, which was
1: fantastic. Got all dressed up in your little pearls. Yeah, I got my pearls on.
0: Um, funny story about that. Actually, I'll tell it real quick. Um, Good. it was obviously slammed with people there and when we got there it was starting to get extremely cold so i was with my buddy and i was like let's go to the clubhouse store in the middle of one of these innings so we can avoid the crowds get a sweatshirt go back to the seats so we go no sweatshirts they're all sold out but they did have the pearls five bucks so you know what warm i'll pick i'll pick up the pearls as a as a reminder of this time in the braves history we walk out as we walk out of the clubhouse store, Jock Peterson is announced as coming up to the plate. And I was like, you know what? This is a good omen. We just walked out with these. Let's stand here and watch this That bat. Boom. Two run bomb. That ball is right crushed. Crushed. That I mean, ball was just,
1: fucking crushed. <laughs> he crushed
0: that ball. And I was like, all right, this is a great omen. So we went back to the seats. Obviously won the game. And then uh, proceeded to get home at 1.30 in the morning to a crying infant and uh, had to wake up at 5.30 for work. So... It was actually yeah, mostly downhill from that. there.
1: Uh, and I was like, dude, I, I mean, just. <laughs> mostly downhill from there. Rise from above the, it, Tyler. <laughs> after the ninth inning, it was uh, mostly downhill from there. I so. feel like I've only had, I don't know if it's because I was either that cold or if I actually had the disposable income at that time in my life to buy a sweatshirt in the middle of a game one time. And that was when I was in San Francisco, um, like visiting out there and went to, I guess it was AT&T Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing experience, but it's the only time I've ever had to switch from drinking like beer to like hot cocoa.
0: <laughs> yeah, it gets, it gets freezing in San Francisco, yeah, especially right scary. out there on the water. So, anyways, um, we go into week eight and week it's not eight. exactly, I can't believe it's already week eight. I mean, it's we're almost in November, it's insane. Don't do that. Um, but we are in week eight and it is a slower weekend in the SEC, but there are some pretty big games nationally just to are there? help. Continue to form some of the national picture.
1: Um, I mean, you're lying. You don't ever do this. I like the positive attitude, but this this weekend is shit, and I don't understand where is game day even going to be.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I I don't even know. Region eight
1: dodgeball tournament.
0: Um, but we are starting to to get some updated odds on college football playoff, Heisman. So we'll talk a little bit of the national picture. We'll go over some games this weekend. Get back to a little bit winning and boozing. Like we like to do, as we do on this show.
1: Touch, yeah, on all the the teams playing. So yeah. you know, don't don't hang up that that don't touch that dial. <laughs> like
0: uh, you know, they say, okay. But this week, let's start with a little. Who's sadder than Marler? Because um, there are a couple people that yeah. maybe some associated with the SEC, some not, that are are sadder than you this week.
1: I'm not sad anymore.
0: I know, but we got to keep with the stick, right? Yeah, we're sad for a while. That's fair.
1: Also, I love the fact that your like entire way you went to a baseball game was like fucking Billy Zane from the Titanic. Like, I don't need. I'm fine with being cold, but I need to make sure I have this jewelry on me. So it's just a boss (laughs) move on your part. Um, It is. So who's sadder than Marler? You for one, because of the Braves last night. Yes, that was tough. The Red Sox. you're
0: You're sadder than previous versions of you because of the Red Sox.
1: I'm not sadder than previous, ver- you know, it's funny. I was sending this off air. We're not going to get too into it because, um, some people get uncomfortable and use the word therapy, but I had my final session with my therapist. Cause I graduated the class. Um, it's like a video game. I made him cry. So that's how you beat the last level of therapy is if you make him cry. So I like, we're like talking, and it's like very awkward because we're trying to like, be like, all right, yeah, well, you know, best of luck. And, um, he goes, like, well, you know, and I want to talk to you after the Bama game. I know you had to be pretty upset about that. And I was like, Oof. No, I go to you for real things. But I'm glad we brought it up. <laughs> like, so I was and another upset about- thing. And- Can you believe Bill O'Brien on the <laughs> I I did bring that up immediately. I said that was the first <laughs> thing out of my mouth. No, I wasn't that upset about the Red Sox last night. If you guys don't know this, I'm the worst combination of fan ever. I'm a total douchebag. I'm a Red Sox fan and a Bama fan. Um but i have been from my whole life which shouldn't come as a shock to me because i've always been an asshole. but i so like i was like trying to post stuff and also like watching at the same time when they started to blow it in the ninth i didn't realize how awful the umpiring was oh and in which game in both but in the red sox there were 23 missed calls las Diaz, man it's ridiculous. I don't know what that means at all. But um that was anyway, who's sadder, who's sadder? I'm not gonna throw either of us under the bus because we are both ahead. Well, we're tied, but you guys are ahead in the series. in um, when we were massive underdogs, I'll tell you who's sad, Bill Plashke.
0: Who, who I didn't even know he was relevant still from like when I watched PTI 15 years ago.
1: What in the fuck happened to Bill Plashke? Why is he so angry? <laughs> he is so angry. Um yeah, I I I I was very caught off guard. I just I don't know why he was trending um, cuz he hasn't been trending since like 2009. Right. And he he went he was just going off about how I mean like what what he was doing was making fun of Atlanta to right. like you know to get a response and he definitely got a response out of a lot of people um including myself, but he was doing it in a way that was like strictly shitty jokes that weren't real. Right. Right. He was I mean he was like, dude, I just got here and you know this after coming from game five in San Francisco, this is like being in a silent, sterile mall. All they can talk about after the game is, you know, what they're going to get at Waffle House. And I'm like, can you like Just going can with all the stereotypes. write better jokes, dude? Yeah. I, like I'll never forget the, I, one of the first times I ever went outside of the city to do comedy. I went to Boston and I got up on uh, stage and the guy introduced me and he was like, yeah, this guy's from Atlanta. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if they, they even have roads down there. And I was like, we had the fucking Olympics like 20 years ago, dude. Like, like what do we? So, yeah, he was just throwing out every stereotype possible. And I thoroughly enjoyed watching uh, the Braves beat them. Like, I think it was back to back. It was like walk offs, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 No, Bill Pulaski, I didn't know he still existed, but I saw a picture of him. And man, that guy.
1: He looks like Mr. Potato Head went on. Vacation. He looks
0: like he's been on a, an episode of To Catch a Predator.
1: Oh, that's a lot. That's kind of rude. I used to love that show. (laughs) It's
0: a a great show. I mean, I want to know behind
1: (laughs) the scenes that real talk. They're like, it's a very serious thing that they were, they were trying to like thwart like, all right, listen, there's child predators out here. And then somebody was like, but like, but seriously, like, what if just throwing this out there? What if we burned some cookies to give to them? Like, like we gave them treats, but the cookies were fucking terrible. And they did that every episode anyway um uh, well, I'm just here uh, okay. I just have a
0: six pack of beer for myself we were, I just wanted to like watch TV
1: I didn't, I didn't say that you and he just pulls out like 37 <laughs> pieces of paper printed off like fucking MapQuest it was incredible um okay so what was the point of this oh yeah Bill Plaschke is the saddest and then also Jeremy Pruitt is sad yeah,
0: so you can say what happened but why did Rick Barnes get involved <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's the worst Twitter beef ever. 67 year old Rick Barnes, who I guarantee you was like asking someone to type this into his phone machine yeah. for him. Someone get on the Twitter there and put this in there. And somebody was saying on the internet that, so I don't even, I don't even think I have his number anymore, but J- coach Pruitt, remember coach Pruitt? He's gone. now. McDonald's bags. He, he's up there in New York. He's over here saying how we didn't pay him no money. Well, you guys are a corrupt, uh terrible, like a tough week for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, not not a great look anywhere around.
1: Um, it was amazing. Program. Also, like I I kind of understand where they're coming from, but it was amazing to see the lengths that people went to defend what was happening there. Like, just yeah. you don't understand how many bad calls are made. No, I do. Mm, I just no, think I that get, you got an opportunity for your personality to shine through, and that's what happened. So that was that. That was
0: twenty years of college football sadness coming out and mm-hmm. one. One throw of a of mustard bottle.
1: I also didn't realize that they had, that almost had 50 over 50 players. Um, be substituted on 30 uh, injury timeouts. Unless that was a gross um, over embellishment from the Facebook group, which it could have been. Anyway, Jeremy Pruitt has not been paid Um the Tyler, I mean, you work in finance. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where somebody, like, said they were going to pay you five point four million dollars and then didn't. That I mean, that would be frustrating.
0: Uh, I haven't quite been there. No, no one, no one's owed me that amount of money. Um, and I think it's just this comes down to normal life, not finances here. Um, yeah, you 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 owe somebody money legally. You don't pay the yeah. money. It kind of seems like you should be held to that standard. I don't know what the, what's the, do you know what the excuse is on the Tennessee side?
1: Like, listen, like, like, wait, like we get paid next week, dude. We get paid. Just like, give me a minute. I got a couple of things I got to move around. I, I don't know. I know what I would have said. I don't know what the university of Tennessee would have said. And I'm still also, like you said, I don't understand how Rick Barnes got involved at all. (laughs) because it's it's pretty blatantly obvious. Like, so if you guys are unfamiliar with what's happening, um, that's probably also because we're doing a very poor job of explaining it. Um, And I'm trying to pull, where the damn art, we have so many articles that go up and and now I've like lost it. But basically it kind of came out of nowhere, um, mainly because all the attention had been on the program for like, you know, what happened on the field this weekend. Um, So basically Jerry Pruitt, and had his lawyer write a very, very, um, I don't know, stern sternly email. worded. Yeah. yeah. of terrible Yelp review. Um, and Rick Barnes came back out and said, I'm really disappointed that Jeremy would throw people's names around that he knew- he knows did nothing but support him the entire time he was here and make these un- unsubstantiated claims. I would invite the NCAA to come in any day of the week to investigate our program. I don't know if you want to do that. Do you not want have, to do that? I have too much respect for our players, our school, and our administration for somebody to ever think we're not doing things right here and make such ridiculous statements. Jeremy's not here because of the decisions mm. he made and the way he led his program. Here's what I know. Our university has done everything it possibly can in working with the NCAA to clean up the mess he left uh, behind and bring this to closure. All right, here's, I see both sides. I don't, I don't see Rick Barnes being, um, This feels like a lot of a lot
0: a lot of Rick Barnes trying to deflect away from the basketball program.
1: If you're telling me there's a basketball program, he did
0: this, he did that. It's on him. Please don't look at my program.
1: (laughs) But he seems like I mean like he Rick Barnes seems like he's constantly got caramels in his pocket. Like he's like that kind of yeah. He's got one of those handkerchiefs.
0: Yeah. always the handkerchief.
1: Yeah, it's Somehow like you clean, just blew your not... nose
0: and you put that back in there and you're gonna use it again and you been gonna, doing like, it for 13 it years. years. Yeah. Same
1: pocket every day. <laughs> um but no, like there's not a there's not a program in the country that's elite or even close to elite that I would you could ever tell me and convince me that wasn't cheating. Man yeah. it just got yeah. like 18 five stars in the past two years. You know they're cheating. Yeah. Um, regardless, I also understand Jeremy Pruitt's side of it because you fired me. Because you had unrealistic expectations. You did it in a pandemic year. Now I got to go live in fucking New York, which is awful. Um, I don't understand any of the food up there. I didn't taxes understand when I was high. here. Huh?
0: Taxes are high in New York. No, no state taxes in Tennessee.
1: You know, he's not making any friends in New York. No. Hey, I'm, my name's Jeremy. Um, I'm football, I'm a football coach. Oh, you want, okay. So, okay. You have a gun. Okay, cool. All right. I'll just, I'll find a, a different route home. I, I don't, I don't, also, um, if I left the way he left or I was told to leave the way he le- he left, everybody's getting it. So right. I don't know what Rick Barnes is crying about because, I mean, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, if we're going to start a Venmo or a, uh, what do you call it, a GoFundMe form, what do we have next in the doc?
0: Well, I want to talk about LSU because we didn't get to a chance to do the recap pod. Right. In the preview pod, I said... I think by Sunday, we're going no longer going to be considering him coach. O, LSU head coach. Now I was wrong on two things. I thought that would be the reason uh, would be because they got blown out by Florida. They actually wrong, won The game
1: wrong. Coach got fired.
0: Also, he's still, he's fired, but he's still the head coach of LSU. So <laughs> I was wrong in two fronts, but ultimately I feel like I was right in the fact that Orgeron will no longer be the coach after this
1: season. Um, it's, it's kind of a diet. It, it's, I mean, LSU's making some promises that, in my experience, I don't think they're going to keep. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to work it out. I don't see that happening with Coach o. Like, I don't think they're going to go to couples counseling. No, no, no. no.
0: no. Um, so, it, I don't know. One thing I wanted to talk about is who you think they should bring in. Okay. We can talk about the odds of who's going to be the next head coach i don't necessarily these things are never right by the way
1: like not i don't want to talk about those at all i want to talk about all the stuff that came out afterwards about what he right. was doing let's start there first and then we'll get into the next coach uh, so we brought this up a couple weeks ago josh pate has been talking about this for weeks um because i've been i've defended coach O for way too long i guess because i didn't know what was going on behind the scenes um i also don't have the same type of moral compass i think most people have and i'm just kind of like I've just accepted what goes on, I feel like, in these if yeah. these programs at this level of like fame and all that kind of stuff, besides with Coach because, you know he doesn't do that, and neither does Rick Barnes, apparently. Cocho, um it, like he left his wife right after the uh, national championship, right?
0: Yeah, he like used the national championship as a way to cash his chips in and oh, I'm just gonna go over here in
1: everything. <laughs> yeah, like with everything. Um so but Josh Payton was talking about this, and he's like, Listen, if you're defending Cocho, it's easy to sit here and, like, you know, we're not, we're driving by the house. We're not, we're not inside the house. We're not seeing, like, we're, we're seeing that church on Sunday. We're not seeing what's, when dad comes home on Tuesday night. And I, I knew when he said that, I was like, Oh, there's some shit going on over here that's like pretty bad because the level of yeah. dysfunction that happened that quickly was not good. And yeah. I've never seen so many, yeah. I, I've never seen so many players, whether pandemic or not a pandemic, just float in and out of the program whenever they want to, like not being Derek Stingley was on the sidelines two weeks ago or for the Auburn game. Um, Just a mass exodus there. And then you start hearing all these rumblings about how like people didn't respect him, which that surprised me because he just won a national championship. And I kind of thought that's what people loved about him. But really this whole program has been propped up by this, this coach that no one gave a shot. Who signed a quarterback that no one gave a shot, and then they just you know caught lightning in a bottle. The shit he was doing <laughs> it's like, 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 okay. We'll start with the first one, which was he ran into a um, lady dressed in workout clothes at a gas station, as you do, um, and he sure. said, "Hey, you look like you work out,"
0: which is a, which is a, it's it, bordering on n- unnecessary.
1: It's uh, well, definitely, definitely unnecessary. unnecessary. Ordering um, on
0: like very uncomfortable. You could you could play it off as, oh, I was just trying to be nice. You look like you're in shape. It's
1: yeah. Just but it's not like a the per my last you want to email start. thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's basically just like, hey, you want to have sex? I'm like, uh, no. How are you today? It's night. The weather's crazy, huh? Um, so he, he started there and then her response was, which is not great. Uh, I'm married and I'm pregnant which I don't know if he didn't see the pregnancy, but he was already complimenting her physique, which is a nice move by him. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there you go. Just, pre- uh, you know, it's very nice to comment on a pregnant yeah. woman, right? You ever, every pregnant woman really wants to be ogled and they want you touching to their belly, all. And yeah, it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just at all. Yeah. Um, turns out that lady was, uh, was um, she did not take any of that as a compliment, nor should she have, uh, especially right. in this day and age. And, um, he did everything wrong outside of telling her to smile, which is the guys, if you ever fucking tell a woman to do that, just don't. It's just dumb. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Anyway, um, turns out she's the wife of one of the board of trustees or what, Lord. whatever the Knights of the Round Table thing for all the important people is at LSU. She was the wife of, of one of those. And Coach O, um, after she politely turned him down, said, so what? What's that have to do with anything? So that's, that's where we'll start. And listen, you know, there's creeps everywhere, I'm sure. You know, like, look at Dan Mullen's wife. You know she's out here doing that shit at, 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 at every gas station she can she can find. <laughs> every wah-wah in the, in the Tri-County area. Um, then it got worse that uh, – so we all thought he was just living his best life when he had that picture of that blonde that came out. Oh, cut it up. It'll be a big will be, be a be, be out here. Yeah. Um, so it turns out what he was doing was, uh, like, like, for instance, I will take pictures of my roommate's kids, like my, my host family, Rich, and, and put it on Instagram so that girls that hopefully will be interested in me one day will think that I'm a good person and a family man. Right. I use that to my advantage. He was doing something similar, except for he was letting um, their kids show up to practice and participate in the drills. <laughs> what a move. That is a move where you feel like nothing can take you down at all. This is <laughs> I, like no one's going to say anything outside of these four walls. And it, it said girlfriends, it, it oh, said yeah. multiple, which I don't think he's smart enough to not have them there at the same time. You <laughs> were a scout team. Um, so I,
0: it's going to be so hilarious to watch LSU the rest of the year knowing that he's not going to be the coach. Like, mm-hmm. which way do you think they're going to go? Do you think they're just going to go all in, or they're going to be like
1: the worst team in the SEC over the next few weeks? I, I, so he's such a good interim coach. I and they already beat Florida. You know he was on. He knew he was already on his way out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's such a bizarre timing to do. I think like they probably were. It's like good on them to like let him save some face, but like as soon as they announced it, then all the stories came out. I mean, it, like I think that he he is. From what we've watched, I think he has another win on, like, you know, like so, somewhere like in his, you know, back pocket or whatever. I, but he also, and I'm not saying this to be a homer, he's got to go back to Tuscaloosa where he showed his ass last time. Yeah, that's going to be funny. That's, I don't, like, I'm really interested to see how Saban handles that. <laughs> oh, you know how he's going to handle it. He openly, <laughs> openly told him what we were going to do last year. Yep. Uh, and then, they, and then they done did it. So mm. if they are, you know, like, I don't know, it was really fun watching them come back and, and beat Florida last week. Even though I lost a lot of money on it. it. Like I, I, I love, like, I think for, we'll forever be like, we'll look back at like this little short stint and in, in college football, it's like, it was like the, like the non-virgin, um, grizzly bear, version of Tebow. Like that that's like this little three year run that he was on was was fun for everyone. But
0: when did you get a pet walrus Oh, whoa, can't say it. Pet walrus?
1: Yeah, upstairs. Yeah. Um, it's the kids. Then I'm I'm sorry <laughs> for the um for the noise.
0: <laughs> All right. So there's now this leaves two big openings now in the NCAA here. USC and LSU. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, ten times out of ten, USC is a better job. But with where things are headed, with the money and the SEC, I kind of feel like LSU might be the job I would take over USC. What do you What do you think?
1: So I think like for me, it's different because I don't think like apparently like a competitor would because. Apparently, a lot of coaches love that opportunity to go to the SC West, not just because the money, but the opportunity there. And, and, and you know, they've been in this industry for that long and they you have unlimited resources, all that kind of stuff. For me, I'm looking at it like I'm going go to go live in Southern out? California for one. Um, I'm going to go recruit to a school that is like has zero competition, really, this side of Texas. If they want to, if they want to, you can recruit nationally, you have unlimited resources. You, um, I mean, like, you know, you're in like one of the, in my opinion, cathedrals of college football. And, and you can turn when that thing is like going like, in, and they, they have it in a place where like, I don't, you know, it's like fire on all cylinders and I, it's not hard to get it back. This is not like a flash in the plan, you, or pan university. Like they, they, they have shown time and time again that they can, even if they fall away, like, you know, they'll be back, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, I, I'm going to California immediately.
0: Not worried about the long-term Pac-12? Are they going to be left out type stuff? No, because no, you're not
1: going to leave the USC out of the college football talk. Yeah. I mean, like, so uh, what's it's... the worst that's going to happen with that? Like, I mean, it, you're not going to be taken seriously. You might not get to the college football playoff, but if you handle your business, you will. I mean, if you, you're playing in an inferior conference with inferior opponents everywhere, the worst part about that coaching job is having to go to fucking Corvallis or go to like, you know, Pullman and have to play like a Friday night game in front of 30,000 potential people. Like that, that is right. hands down. I mean, like the, the trying to consistently sell that is probably the toughest part of it. So obviously
0: these two schools will be, I would imagine I'm trying to think through the list, the biggest schools to, to be in the market for a new coach. So they're going to be battling it out mm-hmm. for the top coaches. Some odds are out right now. Again, I, I'll never forget. You know, the odds when they came out when Florida State needed a new head coach. Right. They didn't match up with anything that I was hearing within the program at all. Like they're just so I wouldn't really take these odds as fact, but the odds on favorite right now, plus two fifty Lane Kiffin. Luke Fickle at five fifty, Cincinnati head coach. Billy Napier plus seven hundred. Jimbo plus seven fifty. That is shocking to me. Billy O'Brien? I'm guessing that's Bill O'Brien. Is it say Billy? That's Billy. Jesus. Uh, Mark Stoops plus 850. Bob Stoops plus 900. They've got James Franklin, Joe Brady, Mel Tucker, Dave Aranda, which is interesting. Urban Meyer and John Gruden, which hilarious that Gruden is actually on
1: there. There are multiple people saying that the Urban Meyer thing is not that far-fetched. It's definitely far-fetched. It's a thousand percent Um, far-fetched.
0: So I'll tell you this. I think most people are going to be focused on obviously the the rumors of Mel Tucker being a real serious candidate are out there. Yeah, that's that Um, makes sense. I, I, I like that for me. If you're an LSU, see, like even if you're Jimbo, right, you're you've already got this guaranteed money. LSU is such a great job because you've got a really talent rich state. And you're the only state you're the only team in the state that will yeah. recruit at that level I, I took a look at the composite rankings for 247 the top 10 guys in louisiana all really high four stars or above mm-hmm. five star they're either committed to lsu or 100 percent crystal ball to lsu it,
1: it wasn't only until recent that they were losing anyone like i mean anyone right. Um, and they've so, lost a like, couple I, big names over the over the years. The Bama, I think, and probably a yeah, couple ba- other places. But that's yeah, it. Bama's
0: come in, maybe Texas, but those have been. And so, I don't think that you need like a super strong recruiter. I would I would go for like a really tactical, really good coach uh, over like a recruiter type. I think that's what Orgeron I, was is more of a recruiter type.
1: Well, but um, I think also that's how he won the national championship. though. like in this day and age of football, you have to recruit. Like I'm just I mean, all it is like to stockpiling weapons.
0: Like you don't have to go out to Florida and Georgia and Texas. You could get a strong class just with the people in your state. So if you're a competent team, I feel like LSU is getting all those kids in state. So I don't know, man. I would look I would look this isn't even being talked about really, but I would look at Joe Brady for real. Oh, without a doubt. I think he should be the number one candidate, honestly. Because he's young, he can relate to the kids. Yeah. He's um
1: obviously 32 if he gets that fucking job i'm gonna kill myself
0: and he's an he's an incredible mind obviously and i think you know if you surround yourself with a staff that is good recruiters and you are just i don't know if he's ready for it but man i would look strongly at him i also like james franklin i think he's a great coach too those would be my top two candidates what about you
1: and so i've won the fact that like he's always cracked me up because it's like Vegas puts odds on anything because some idiot will bet on it. Mainly me. Um, Matt Rule being on here. He's just like having like a yeah. very, very good success. And like just year <laughs> two in the NFL, I, he right. left Baylor. The Dave Miranda thing I think has legs. You yeah. know, I, we've talked about it before. I, I predicted Cristobal, I, I From what I have been told and what I've heard, because Cristobal is kind of brought this up the other day. Like he's not paid very well. Like he's going to get an extension to be like the fourth highest paid coach in the Pac-12 And I can't think of who is paid more than him. Like, what Chip Kelly? I'm sure Clay Helton was. Maybe Herm. I I don't know. But like, but his wife hates Eugene. Um, And from what I've been told, like that's he is like he's going to have his pick, right? Like, he he's going to he's been talked about as like the next guy after Saban. Um, obviously the Miami ties make way more sense, and he could also go here to LSU. Like Billy Napier, I don't, I just don't like. There's a lot of people like Brandon Marcello is really high on that because, like they they think that he will be able to like create if he has unlimited resources, a staff that would rival rival Saban's. I don't think that's true because I think like assistant coaches now are almost as important. Like your coordinators are as important as the talent you are putting out in the field, like the elite level of talent. Because you think about the Arch Manning shit. It, it, it like I sat down and thought, thought about this the other day. In the, in the past, like you would want to go to like, all right, you know what? Like I love Athens. Athens is great. Like Kirby, they're going to win football games there. The co-eds are great. Like I, they have my major, all this kind of stuff. And now, and I'm not saying that people aren't choosing that to go to Georgia because they clearly are, they get another five-star today. But if, if I'm choosing between Bama, Texas, Ole Miss, and I'm Arch Manning, take out all the family shit aside, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, bill o'brien as of today right. like i'm going with whoever's going to help me put up the most stats like let me like develop and get to the next point of like go to the league and and if you don't have that guy like if you look at 2018 with bama and and loxley and and uh and dan enos so i i think you have to you gotta get you have to have a guy that's going to commit to like recruiting for one and then especially the beginning and then also making sure his staff is something that like rivaled like what he did in 2019
0: I'm interested to see what happens because there is a potential domino effect that could happen this offseason if Miami lets go of Manny Diaz and Florida lets go of Mullen or Mullen decides to leave. Because you could see some crazy, I I follow this guy. Saving back to Miami. (laughs) I follow this guy, um, this guy called Tailgate Tent on Twitter. He does like analytics shit, which I know you love. Um, What does that mean? here's his prediction on how the cycle goes i thought this was just interesting and it's just fodder so mel tucker goes to lsu mm-hmm.
1: um
0: diaz is fired at miami lane goes to
1: miami but late leave at Ole Miss.
0: so that was kind of my thing is like I, I think traditionally this is another traditional versus current argument like miami obviously was a better job than this, right. but now with the sec stuff i don't know but Lane would absolutely destroy it at Miami. By the way, you think so? Yes, recruiting in that city and easier conference. I think he's already got Ole Miss in the SEC West at almost a top ten level. I, I mean, don't think
1: I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm just like maybe I'm an idiot or I'm too pale, but I don't. I don't feel like Miami's that much of a draw anymore than like where it used to be.
0: Yeah, and that's I agree. So this guy had Mullen leaving Florida and Cristobal going to Florida. Which would be a great fit for them, I think.
1: Mullen's gonna be gone for this year. You can just see it coming. Yeah, you
0: just see it. You just feel it coming. Um, Then Napier to Ole Miss to replace Kiffin, which I
1: added so many moving parts for no reason. (laughs) Well, this is I don't know.
0: It's just fun to talk about. PJ Fleck to Oregon to replace Cristobal, Fickle to USC, and then um, he writes Campbell to Michigan State, which I don't. I guess Matt Campbell about. Yeah, that's a that seems. Does like he a- have, how many SEC teams does he have making
1: the playoff? Is it like more than three or? <laughs> and then he said, um, "Jamie,
0: Jamie Chadwell to Virginia Tech from Coastal Carolina."
1: So what I was what I was told they're going to go after Kiffin. They're going to throw an unlimited amount of money at him, and and what they said, yeah, it, like what they said close to the program. This is this is kind of crazy when you think about it because, I mean, really, it's kind of what they've set their standard at. And I bring this up all the time, and I'm not trying to do it to be a dick, but like. People forget that before Saban got there and, and throw out the name, like just before the year 2000, LSU was terrible. LSU was a bad football program. They, they had three winning seasons in 11 years prior to 2000. They get a new coach from Michigan State, comes in 2000. They end up turning it around. They, they win a national title in like, th- you know, year three or four. He leaves and they get in, they bring Les Miles in. And he has right off the bat. Back-to-back eleven-win seasons, like you know, sustained success. Like they win a national championship, should have probably you know won another one if Bama did replay them. And, and then like it kind of tapers off, and it's like after a decade, right? Like, and this is people that didn't grow up watching SEC football in the '90s don't remember this. It's like it's like a foreign thing to them because they've just always known LSU to be a dominant program. And Ordron might not have been like on Saban's level, or maybe even less Miles' level but the fact that he was able to get them to a national championship, they were 13 and one against top 10 teams, not named Alabama under, under coach Orgeron. So the next guy you get it, it, you can't have it. You can't have it like drop off because it's a very proud fan base. Um, And they said flat out this week, they will go after everyone and they will throw out any amount of money. The only two people that are not on their radar or not in their, you know, um, like they're untouchable is Kirby smart and Nick Saban.
0: You think those are the only two that are untouchable?
1: That's what they said.
0: I, so I was actually going to ask you that. That's pretty funny that you brought that up. I think Smart obviously is on there, Saban obviously. I don't think if you're Ryan Day, do you leave Ohio State? No. Yeah. And no. then I think, I think too, I mean, Lincoln Riley probably his only move would be the NFL, would be my guess. Yeah. Um, and then Sark, just because Texas is a big job and you just got it. And,
1: are you saying these people would not go? Yeah, yeah. These are okay. Our, I was like, I was like, what?
0: But like, <laughs> but like, outside of that, you know, I think you pretty much have your pick of anybody from there.
1: I think from, I think like realistically, it's gonna end up being Mel Tucker. I just don't think Billy Napier is that that's like slam or uh, slam deck of a hire. Anyway, we got to talk about like actual actual stuff for this week.
0: Yeah, and I think Napier's just a little he. That's not the the first move you make is to, to LSU from the from the G5, but um, all right, let's talk quickly about the updated Heisman odds um, because obviously things have kind of shifted now. I probably I used it as my hot take, but not really hot take. I guess Bryce Young still winning Heisman. He's the favorite. So great hot take by me. Um, but I was looking at the top four. I think that have a realistic chance. First off, do you think Caleb Williams? Should be invited no. to New York if he no. continues his. He had his one pace. game. It's what two games? Two games. What was the like first one? Could, when he came in, in so the he's Texas had one game. and a half games. Uh, it's kind of big when you leave a, lead a huge comeback against your rival like that
1: against but, four and two Texas. Yeah, I completely agree. He should definitely be invited to New York now because he's played one and a half games this season. We should let Ohio State play the national title too.
0: Yeah, so he's got the same odds as uh, Desmond Ritter, who's in the top five
1: which is crazy to me. I I mean, he'll probably get invited because you know what kind of numbers they're going to put up.
0: All I'm saying, uh, I took a look at the top four. I think it's the three quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Mm -hmm. Matt Corral, CJ Stroud, and then uh, the the Kenneth Walker kid from Michigan State. He's been really good. I just don't, I don't know. I I just don't feel like, I feel like Michigan State is going to fall off here at some point and then it's like, okay, you were a good Big Ten running back, but not necessarily Heisman worthy. I think it's going to come down to three QBs. So here's why I, I think, and he's he's tied with Bryce Young for the current favorite, but I think Corral, because of the rushing yards, should yeah, have him. I not know he did that. 67% completion, 1,700 yards, 14 TDs, only one pick, 450 rushing yards, and another eight touchdowns. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud don't have those rushing numbers at all. Um, right. They have comparable yards, completion percentage.
1: Higher completion percentage, touchdowns. more touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's corrals. It should be corrals to lose. And I am like, I've been really interested in this this year for whatever reason. Cause I think it's fascinating to watch how Kiffin will handle this when he, cause we've seen him do it before. Like Amari Cooper being a finalist, Derek Henry, Jalen hurts. Like he will ride that guy. And we, and last week, you know, you're missing your two biggest threats. I like, you know, at out. And that's, that's what we learned that Matt Corral apparently can carry the ball 30 times in a game in an sec football game. So I, you know, if they, if they go 11 if and one unscathed though, that's true. If, if he stays healthy and they go 11 and one. Yeah. And he keeps putting up the same numbers because like, you know, I, I was surprised that Bryce had 24 touchdowns. It's yeah. just not as impressive to me as what, what Corral's doing, even though his numbers like, aren't, you know, he's not like number one across the board necessarily, but the the stuff that you brought up with um, Kenneth Walker, because I, I really think it'd be what they should, what should happen if it continues to play out like it is this season. And keep in mind, none of this shit has ever settled until November. Like, like I I right. hate, like what, were you, like, what people, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I hate when people do this is what we're doing right now. Like, <laughs> you know, like Saquon Barkley being like, the, he's, 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 like a, you know, yeah. guaranteed to win the Heisman or like Leonard Fournette, all that kind of stuff. Kenneth Walker has, like, the most rushing yards in the country by over 200-something yards. Like, it's not even close. Also, right. though his competition has been shit. Right. I didn't realize that. So... um I still think you know Brian Robinson Jr. has odds now that aren't bad. They just, I mean, Stetson Bennett has is plus eight thousand. I mean, he's not going the Heisman. No, but why does Jordan Davis not have any odds? He should have more odds than Stetson Bennett. He has no odds. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's I mean, that's who I would have. I think is like I, I would say watch out for C.J. Stroud because if he. Yeah, They're going to have all their big games coming up Like where mm-hmm. I think the competition won't be as great necessarily. I might have been a little bit off by thinking that um, the Big Ten East is so much better than the SEC because as of now, they have not played very good competition. They're just all undefeated. But you're going to have a lot of marquee games. As We saw it work for Troy Smith, even though it was in the beginning of the season. Um, if he shows out and goes on a run like, you know, puts up numbers like Bryce Young or Matt Corral, it might be his to lose.
0: As, a, as- each week goes by and the stats get updated. Ohio State is becoming the number 1 offense in the country over the, yeah. the whole year and I think it helps him too that his loss was in only in the on. second week. It's almost like you know by the time we hit December if they're in the playoff consideration People won't remember that. No. In, in that game, by the way, against Oregon, he threw for like 400 yards, five touchdowns, something crazy. So
1: it's not like it was a bad game for him. Um, I mean, yeah, but wasn't it like he, he was pretty bad the first couple weeks?
0: He, uh, I don't know. Go back and look at the game log. He he was shaky in that first game in that first half. Remember, he brought them back against Iowa State. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if I'm looking at pure odds. If he's plus eight hundred and Bryce Young and Matt Crowell are at plus two hundred, I'd be I'd be willing to take the
1: long shot on him. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I completely agree. I think um and and like that kind of goes into the next thing too because you know it's a slow week. It's a really slow week. So we want to talk like some. I'm not going to talk about Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. I'll just be honest. So we want to talk about like more national stuff because you know like I don't know when the first week of the playoff rankings comes out but it's gotta be right around the corner and you're looking at how all this is going to unfold. I, I'm shocked the amount of people that still have, um, Bama as like a, you know, as one of their top four, because of the path they have to like, you know, go through, which is beating mm-hmm. Georgia, but looking at DraftKings, uh, sports book here, they have like, you know, ESPN has their FPI, which is horseshit. Right. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I think the best thing they have there is like, all right, what's the percentage they'll go undefeated or or whatever. But like their chances to make the playoff, Bama's still, I think, second, or maybe it's like fourth now at this point, but um, they have like, you know, across the board, like chances to win the conference, win the division, win, uh, or get to the playoff, get to the natty and then win the natty. DraftKings has just, they you know, they went about it from like a gambling standpoint, just very blunt. And so will Georgia make the college football playoff? You know what the odds are. Uh, I mean, it's got to be. You got to probably lay money to minus twelve hundred yeah. <laughs> to make to make the playoff,
0: right? Yeah. Um,
1: so once again, we are barreling down towards that uh, Georgia national championship. But you no, know, I thought it was interesting because you have like Ohio State make it. It's minus one hundred five. Yes, minus one fifteen. No, so it's pretty much the same. Oklahoma is now minus one hundred eighty. So that's people think. I guess they're going to be in. Since he's plus one hundred ten. And I just, I, that kind of surprised me because of their strength of schedule. But if they go undefeated, I feel like they would, might, they would probably deserve it and they're ranked number two in the country right now. Bama still has good odds, but I think it's skewed. I just think it's skewed because of people will still bet on it. But Georgia minus 1,200.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're plus 120 to win the championship.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, in, you watch, in a couple of weeks, Bama, if Bama will have a, a, a bad showing at some point, whether it's Auburn, whether it's Tennessee or, or whoever. And, and Georgia will finally, you'll see them go into, like, like you know, instead of, they won't be plus money anymore. Like, you know, they will be like juice on, on betting on Georgia to win the national championship, guaranteed.
0: I do like just looking at the odds to win. And obviously, you know, it's easy to take the front runner, right? But mm-hmm. if you're looking at a team that actually has the best chance of possibly beating Georgia, I, plus, plus 800 for Ohio State's not yeah. a bad bet. Because... I don't feel as though, and we'll see what happens when they play Bama, but it doesn't seem like Georgia's played like a really, really good offense
1: yet. Okay, I thought you were going to say a tough schedule. I was about to lose my fucking No, 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 no.
0: no. Just a really good offense. Yeah. Like, I'm not taking away from their defense, which has been incredible despite whoever they've played. Right. But if you played like an Ole Miss or a Bama or an Ohio State, like how I want to see the defense play against like an elite offense and just see exactly how that would turn out. Maybe... Maybe something like Ohio State at plus 800 is worth a long shot, but NOU I mean, plus
1: 1400. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I want to see that too, just because from a sheer matchup standpoint, that'd be awesome to watch. Yeah. Right. I don't, what I wonder is one, if, you know, I, I think we'll see exactly what we've been seeing. Maybe they give up more yards. I don't know. They give up a lot of passing yards technically to Bo Nicks, But like, it's just, it's funny to me how much the goalposts are moving. With they, they I've, I've listen, if you're a Georgia fan, welcome to the fucking party, because this is what they've been doing for Bama, like for fucking years, like, you know, well, you know, they, they beat so and so, but like that team wasn't that good. They lost a blah, blah, blah in week three. Like, we've made so many excuses for trying to like compliment anybody else's team. Kentucky was a top 20 defense and like nationally in almost every single category. And this whole like narrative about how Stetson Bennett like, and I never thought I'd be the one, you know, be, like banging the drum for him, but like you know, you have to have JT Daniels back because Stetson Bennett's not gonna, you know, he can't throw the ball downfield. There was a stat that came out today that, as of right now, Stetson Bennett has the single season highest completion percentage over like the last like decade or so in uh, passes that have traveled ten yards or more. Higher than Mac Jones, higher than Joe Burrow, higher than Matt Corral last year, higher than Kyle Trask, all of them. And it's by like six or seven like percentage points. Wow. And, and somebody immediately, I think in the Facebook group, brought up the fact that like, well, come on, he's probably only thrown like five passes all year. He had six of his first seven attempts in the second half against Kentucky were for 15 yards or more. All completions, two scoring drives. I, I don't know. I, I think Georgia's still by far the best team in the country, but...
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm just if you're looking for long shots, I think take yeah. take a team that's got a really good offense and take a bet on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. You want to get into the slate this week because it's it's not great, but no. there are some some good games. No, you don't want to talk about it. All right. No. Well, this has been another episode of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. Let's do it.
0: All right. Uh. Let's let's start nationally.
1: Um. Yeah. Hey, we'll breeze through these.
0: Yeah, a, a game that was actually canceled for the first time since World War II uh, last year because of COVID, USC at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. um, again, uh, Notre Dame's a top 15 team. This is a good rivalry. Notre Dame's a seven-point favorite. I mean, USC has lost four straight on the road in this series, so I don't like their chances here. I do. Have you seen the kid Drake London, the re- receiver, by the way? Yeah, he's fantastic. He's incredible.
1: Um, what a great name, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, he's going to be a top pick in the draft. I think um, USC is coming off a bye. Their coach is basically saying, "Hey, we're going to try players that actually want to play hard, and we're going to try different things." Interim coach, he probably doesn't care. Um, oh yeah, they got we're they got names
1: on the back of the jerseys, guys. Right, it's about, they got about the name on the front.
0: By. They got destroyed by Utah uh, in their last game, so they're just going to try some new things. Notre Dame also coming off a bye. I think they get healthy. Um, they're twelve and two straight up in the last fourteen off a bye. I'll, I'll take them to cover.
1: The yeah, I mean, I don't care either way. I think it's just, like, you know, going through some of these games that are going to like matter. It's it, This one kind of surprised me because no one's talking about it at all. And usually that's like a, you know, just because the, the helmets and the names on the front right. of the jersey, um, a big deal. I I would take Notre Dame. I don't even know what the point's spread it is, but I would assume, especially at home, you seven. know. Is it seven? That's it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's got a teaser written all over. I can't wait to lose money on this. Um, uh, yeah, I think USC's like got... One person, I think, like on that whole team that that stands out at all. I don't even know how he's getting the ball thrown to him.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, two games that I thought were interesting because you have an, a ranked opponent, a top ten ranked team, going mm-hmm. on the road against an unranked team and underdogs, both of them.
1: There's no was, ranks on rank. There's no no games featuring two ranked opponents this week.
0: That's right. Um, number eight Oklahoma State on the road at Iowa State. Iowa State is a seven point favorite in the game. I'm sorry,
1: Um, what? Yes. Sorry, RJ Young.
0: What's crazy is Oklahoma State, they've been undefeated all year, obviously. They've been an underdog on the road twice, Mm -hmm. and they've won both those games. Texas, they were three-and-a-half-point underdogs last week. They won outright. Three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against Boise. They won that outright. Um, Weird year for them really good defense, not a great offense, which is just not something yeah, you expect from a Gundy team. Um, Iowa State at home, very good on the uh, running the ball. They both have good defenses. I think Iowa State's passing game is better than Oklahoma State's. Take them at home. Um, the I like seven. them to, to not only beat them, but to cover the spread. Um, also, I like the over 47 in this game, 4-2 to the over in the last six meetings between these two teams.
1: Okay, so I, I have, like, I think I made a joke about this a couple weeks ago that this is the first time any of us have even thought about Oklahoma State this year. Like, Oklahoma State's, like, taxes. Like, like we all know they're there every season, but we don't really pay attention to them until, like, whenever we have to. And we have reached that point, apparently. Um, so, yeah, 6-0, and they're ranked 8th. And this is, I, I got really frustrated this morning because I was trying to do a bunch of research on, on, uh, resumes again. And I, and I cannot fucking figure out strength of schedule to save my life. Team rankings has four different metrics for it. I don't know which one I'm supposed to go with. Every single site has a different one. Um, depending on, on like, and, and they all kind of feel like they're pushing an agenda a little bit. Um, so I went to own with my, it's Mike Gundy's favorite news channel, uh, to find my, um, I'm kidding. So, like, their their strength of schedule, Oklahoma State's is, is currently, depending on which one you look at, it it varies between 14th and 56th. Oh, yeah. So their their combined um, opponents win loss record is, is 23 and 11. Um, you know, their FBS uh, combined win loss is uh, 13 and seven, which isn't bad, right? And you you come from behind and you beat Texas. I. I wouldn't touch this game because I feel like Mike Gundy yeah. should not even be six and zero, and they've been able to do that. You, you could it feels like it's been against lesser competition, but they've played three straight uh, ranked teams in a row. The problem I'm having is every single game is close. Every single one, like, like the Texas game was close and you were losing the whole time. Baylor, I guess you win by double digits, but you know, every single game has been close throughout the season and they end up like either pulling away, which is, you know, hats off to them. But, how long can you can you do that for? They're not going to be up on the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so you put,
0: you're you're taking uh, you're just not touching it.
1: I would I would probably just tease it the other way because I don't think they're going to get beat by fourteen. Okay. Hmm.
0: How about the teasers this week? Some um, teasers. Number ten, Oregon at UCLA. UCLA minus two. Um, I found this interesting as well. I will say with Oregon, I mean, they, they're they kind of on shaky ground right now. They started off hot, obviously, beating Ohio State, but they lost an uh, overtime to Stanford two weeks ago. Right. And they barely eked out a win against Cal last week. It came down to a fourth uh, fourth down stop on the goal line for them to beat Cal's Cal. Um, they get Joe Moorhead back, who's been out those two games. Um, he's been sick, I guess. Quarterback. I, I don't really know what happened with him. I don't know if it was a COVID thing. They're OC, Joe Moorhead.
1: I mean, I know he is. I'm just, I don't know where he could have gone.
0: Yeah, he was, he was dealing with some medical issues. Um, Oregon's failed to cover their last four games. They're one and five against the spread on the season, two and nine in their last 11 against the spread. Yeah. I actually really like UCLA. Uh, They got a really good running game and Oregon can't really stop the run. They're giving up um, 137 rushing yards per game. And UCLA has a really good rush defense, ninth in the nation. I think UCLA, look, Oregon has has not beat UCLA in Pasadena since 2014. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, I like UCLA 35 31 in the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, so I don't know. Um, like, th- this is like a really good point that you brought up here because there's two top 10 teams on the road and they're both underdogs. And we've seen UCLA. They're like, they're not great, but, you know, they're not bad by any means. I, I would say, um, you know, so what's that, that line? My dad used to always say like, they didn't build those giant cathedrals or giant million dollar things in the middle of the desert out of nothing. Um, if Vegas thinks that they're favored, that's it's like something's up. Obviously I would just worry that like Oregon should be a better team top to bottom, but you're also a thousand percent right. Like, they have they struggled with a Cal, uh, Cal teams like one in five they're fucking terrible. I know they follow us on Twitter, but still no offense guys um, and as, as much frustration I had trying to look at the strength of schedule stuff, the one resounding uh like consistent thing I found Oregon's schedule has been trash outside of outside of Ohio State um, and ESPN has them as the 20th ranked strength of schedule, which is amazing because the other three places have them between 76 and 96. Their, their, their opponents win loss record is nine and 16 for FBS teams. Nine and 16. They, they have played a terrible schedule. They played Stony Brook, which I didn't even know they had a football team. Outside of March Madness, when is Stony Brook ever, ever, ever involved in any kind of sport? Where is Stony Brook, New York? It's on a postcard with uh, like when like the leaves are turning when you drive up. I'm assuming to like Maine. I don't. I mean, probably where Hocus Pocus was filmed. I, I mean,
0: that's yeah, a great movie.
1: It is a great movie. Um, anyway, but your your FBS opponents' win loss record is is like literally three sixty point three six zero. That's including Ohio State. That's bad. So you've not played a lot of competition. I'll take UCLA as well.
0: Uh, last national game here. An interesting one because it's been a while since Clemson's been an underdog game in conference. Clemson at number 23 pit. We already talked about this pit minus three over under 48. We're a pit pod now pit pod.
1: Oh, yeah. Are, are we?
0: Yeah. Uh, Clemson just stinks. I'm, I'm just going to I watch them now just to see if they're getting any better. They are not good. That's not why you they're watch not, them. You watch them to make better. sure
1: they're getting worse. Well, yeah, obviously.
0: But I also yeah, I don't want them to get better. I also, I do want them to get worse. Yeah. Um, their offense is 101st in the country in success rate. Not good. Their defense is good. Obviously, they're they're a top 10 unit, but they they've got some major players that have gone out with injury. They had some players this week hit the portal. There's just not a lot of good vibes going on around, around at Clemson.
1: Conversely, they've scored 21 they've they've scored over 20 points once this season, not including South Carolina State. Yeah. And it was, was in a double a overtime, overtime loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... exactly. Um, their
0: Pitt's offense, conversely, is very good with Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett. They're number one in the country in points per opportunity.
1: Do you know what that is, Chris? Um, when some, when a, a mama opportunity meets a man... I do not. I don't understand. Send me these fucking links to these yeah. so I can do some research beforehand because all the stuff I'm doing is wrong.
0: So once once you cross into opponents 40 going into the end zone, mm-hmm. your points per opportunity is for every time you go past the 40, how many points do you score? They've got the number one. So basically, do you score? It's like an extended
1: red zone? Yeah. I don't do understand you what you doing here, but yeah. yeah.
0: How many points do you score when you get inside the opponents' 40? They're at 5.62 It's number one in the country. So they're scoring touchdowns when they get across the 50 basically. Right. Um, they also have a really good defense. They're 11th in the country and success rate allowed there. I don't see there's something weird. And again, we just talked about this with Vegas. I don't see how Pitt doesn't win this game by much more than three. I think I think they beat Clemson handily. This is on the road for Clemson. I, have, I watched that Syracuse game last week. They were awful. Okay.
1: Yeah, they were They should have digits. lost that game. You hit by oh. double digits. Yes. Okay. Real quick, remember when I told you in the beginning of the year, and I said Clemson is a bad football team. Like they are an objectively bad football team. You're like, well, ah, bad might be a little bit of a strong word. And now here we are. The Why offense do you got lucky is on that. <laughs> uh, probably yeah. I haven't been right about anything else this entire season. But like, it, their offense is terrible to watch. It is yeah. terrible to watch. Um. So. I don't know. I mean, they're open six against the spread too. So there's, and for whatever reason, cause I'm an idiot. I'm like, yeah, but still they're going to win this week. It, Pitt's Pitt's strength of schedule, which is like the only apparently metric I looked up at all this week is pretty bad. I mean, they've played new Hampshire and UMass, not in so, hockey. Um, yeah. So that's Tennessee. not good. And Tennessee, which was like their closest game, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I, that kind of worries me a little bit. Like they've played at Tennessee. They played at Georgia tech and at Virginia tech. And they, I mean, yeah. They trounced Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, which is kind of expected. The fact that they held Virginia Tech to only seven points was was uh um, I feel surprising. like the
0: spread of that Virginia Tech game was not I th- I think Virginia Tech might have been favored or like less than a three point underdog. So I'm pretty it was, sure it right. was supposed to be close. Yeah, we it was they played last week, didn't they? We picked that game. I picked Pitt. that was one of my best bets.
1: No, I was thinking. Yeah, it was, it was it. Pitt. They hit were a six-point favorite. It. Hit it, hit it. Um, yeah, well, that's probably they probably might have been an underdog because they lost to Western Michigan earlier. So um, tough loss, which is pretty inexcusable. Yeah. So I think that that part for me, I can't get that part out of my head because, man, like it, they, I mean, Western Michigan is not a good, not a good team. Um, Like in in regards to where Pitt should be because they're they're a front runner to win the ACC. They're at home, but there's not really any home field, you know, advantage because they play, you know, where the Steelers play in Heinz Field. For whatever reason, I, I just have a bad feeling that Kenny Pickett's been awesome. I think he's like 19 touchdowns, one interception. It's just been fantastic all season. Offense has been great. Like you said, the defense has been been like surprisingly good. Clemson still has the second best defense in the country. Yes, it, you know, like so, like they even with all the injuries and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like because we can't have nice things, that, that Davo's going to go up there like a total a hole after losing people at the transfer portal. He's going to beat them by like 10 to 14 points. And then in his postgame press conference, he's going to say some stupid shit about, like, for those of you that stayed, those of you that stayed, it's going to be worth it. When we get down to Tampa for the Minor Key Car Care Bowl, you, you'll know what your hard work paid for. Um, so I have no faith that, uh, you know, Davo but, won't somehow. Win this just to just to spite me. There you
0: go. Um, okay. All right. Well, that'll be interesting then. Because that's I, the game I'm of the good. week for real. Yeah. Let's get the it SEC. Is, it's gonna be good. All right. Um, these are all double-digit spreads except for the LSU game. Um, so not a lot of hardcore diving into these games. But we did want to do some winning and boozing and, and at least talk about them a little bit. We'll start with uh, a real barn burner here: Mississippi State at Vandy.
1: Taking Vandy in this hey, no. one. No, no. Um, this game sucks. This game reminds me of like like court-ordered like visitation. It's like neither one of these people want to hang out with each other. Like Dandy's a right. smart school. Mississippi State has cowbells. Um, so the, I'm not going to pick the game. Mississippi State's going to win. But the yeah. booze of choice is a $6 bottle of wine that your mom got. <laughs> Probably something like fucking stupid like Shiraz. It's like, well, we're having family over. Like, you know, your distant cousins are coming in town. So make sure you clean your room. And then everyone just is like begrudgingly angry the entire time. They have to hang out, but they but put on like a sweater. The,
0: it's the cousins from like, uh, you know, like Vanny might be living in the city. And then the cousins are coming in from like a very small populated town in right.
1: Mississippi. Topeka. <laughs> I mean, but and it's not like cousins that like your cousins that you like and like to drink with and like go on a little trip at thanksgiving to pass around some some pots this is like the cousins are like "Ah, fuck i don't want to fucking talk to jennifer she like last time we were there she kept talking about her roller coaster tycoon phase that's all she would talk about she was 23 years old
0: (laughs) so We we had a mask and vaccine debate last time they were here and it was only,
1: yeah, absolutely, that kind of would a thousand percent be happening. Here's my thing about the vaccine, y'all. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the booze of choice. Mississippi State rolls, I, I would assume. Uh, anyway, so- next game. South at a and <laughs> Trophy game. It's a trophy game. This is a trophy game? I'm glad you asked because the, even the fucking teams didn't know it. As as like as early is this, as last, how is this a trophy game? Because the SEC, for whatever reason, when when they expanded, they made this the permanent crossover for South Carolina and A and M for <laughs> no reason at all. It, like twenty fourteen was a good game. Like it was it was the beginning of the year. South Carolina was like top ten. A and M comes in with Kenny Trill and, and they throw up, like you know a thousand yards and they, they end up upsetting him, like first game of the year. Since then, not great. Um, but this is a whole trophy. That former governor Nikki Haley uh, and someone else came up with, and it's about, let me see, it's called the Bonham Trophy. It's uh, sculpted in honor of James Bonham, who is a mm. South Carolina resident that fought at the Alamo. How specific do we gotta get?
0: All I, right, so who's gonna win the James Bonham trophy?
1: Hold on, first off, <laughs> this this like they asked Will Muschamp about the trophy. He didn't know it was a real thing. They asked A&M, this is like, like two or three years ago, their thoughts on the trophy. They didn't know where it was. They, they had won it and never relinquished it because they'd never lost to South Carolina. Maybe they they have no trophy case with all
0: the uh, empty trophies from
1: Jimbo's national titles. I don't think that's what they did. I think they left it up in the fucking attic with like the Christmas lights. They couldn't untangle. (laughs) Um, also, what So you are saying? The trophy case is still empty. Oh, I see what you did there. Had your petty? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this earlier too though. Somebody had to commission, they commissioned somebody to do this, like this very specific trophy. Yeah. And, and there was somebody that did it, which means like, like sculptor, if you're a sculptor, like in this day, it's that's a weird job. Yeah. Yeah. Not many sculptors out there. No. What do you do for a living? Oh, I, um, it's hard to explain. Basically like if you go outside and you see giant art with like with naked people on it, That's me. Gargoyles and shit. And then dudes with small dicks that we, you know, painted on from like the 12th century. That's pretty much it.
0: Man, they all just had small dicks back then.
1: Baby dicks and gargoyles everywhere. What is happening right now? That was the art. That was the culture. (laughs) What's the booze of choice for this game? (laughs) Baby dicks and gargoyles is an (laughs) all-time line. Um, The booze of choice is a six-pack of Lone Star Beer, which is Texas PBR, and a pizza. Because this has everything that reminds me of like, hey man, I'm really sorry to ask, but can you just help me move? Like I'll, I'll pay you in beer and pizza. And they're like, yeah, that's fine, I guess. I don't have anything else going on. Like neither one of these two teams want to travel that far to someplace that hot.
0: Yeah, first of all, let's, let's talk about how like three pieces of pizza is not worth me helping you move large furniture for 10 hours.
1: How, what age was that, did that <laughs> die out? 24 tops Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to pay me like six grand to do that that's that's how much it apparently costs like i remember my stepdad yeah me, i want to go in man you like, see yeah. the labor market bro i have not um i have not anytime i've had to move it's taken roughly one trip so to get all my belongings um oh, but yeah i think like it, this this has that kind of vibe it's like oh, okay this is also kind of a cousin vibe yeah. It's like asking your third favorite roommate from college to help you because he's in town that weekend to sculpt some yeah. baby dicks and gargoyles. Jason King? He was my first best friend. Don't do this right now. He's probably listening. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, that's the booze of choice for that. Let's get into the actual games that matter.
0: Okay. Um, well, one that I think will be close, uh, LSU at Ole Miss.
1: We should save that one. All right, fuck it. Let's see it. Yeah, let's save that one. No, no, no. Let's, see. let's save Bama for last because we got a negative review from one person after the pod reunion. It took less than eight minutes. Somebody was upset with my homer takes about okay. Alabama. So let's so
0: save L- All right. So LSU goes to number 12, Ole Miss. This is on Saturday, the CBS game, minus nine for Ole Miss, over under 75 and a half. Um, LSU coming off just a crazy week. They are a 12 and a half point underdog at home at one point. Uh they end up winning the game outright and then immediately firing their coach. Um somehow got the ground game, which was pretty much non existent. Davis Price goes for two eighty-seven, a program record. Um Ole Miss obviously coming off an equally insane game for different reasons. Um getting golf balls, mustard bottles, beer cans thrown at them in the 31-26 victory in Knoxville. Um, LSU dealing with a lot of turmoil, like I said. Not only Coach O, but still have a shit ton of injuries. Um, Well, but both teams do. Yeah, and then as of today, I haven't seen anything new. Um, We're recording midday Wednesday. Matt Corral still questionable for the game. Kiffin says he doesn't feel good about him playing.
1: Well, he's going to play. Um, I don't know if I believe that um, Orgeron was like pretty blatant. He's like I know he's not. I, I know he's lying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, if he doesn't
0: play, I think the game at least becomes somewhat interesting because you're also missing. You've been missing your two top receivers mm-hmm. um, but Ole Miss has scored at least 52 in all three of their home games this season. Yeah, I don't feel like that LSU defense is really rearing to go. Um, they picked off. They did have what Four had, picks last week, and they still gave up forty-two points. They had three
1: interceptions going into that, like into that game, like all season, and they had four. Also, the, the, what's crazy about that that running game or that rushing game record was the fact that, like, first off, you think about all of the running backs that have come through LSU, and I'm pretty sure every single one of them has broken that record. Like Kevin Falk, Cecil Diesel Collins, um, Justin Vincent, you know, whoever else, and then like getting into Fournette and and then uh, Geis and all that. It was also the most yards Florida's defense has ever given up to a running back. That was a record for them too. So he got, he got his name on both plaques and the record it broke was Herschel walkers. So, wow. Yeah. Um, Both teams have, I think like Ole Miss has one of the worst rush defenses in the, in the conference. It's, it's like 13th in total yards per game. They're both like in the bottom half of uh, yards per carry. So if corrals hurt, maybe this is an opportunity where we see snoop connor as we've seen all year but also jerry neely get more involved
0: mm-hmm. i so if corral plays which i think he will i, I do think i like old miss big here i don't think lsu is going to come I, I it's just tough to say it's going to be a mixed bag it's tough to really predict what you're going to see from lsu week to week like I don't know if they're going to play inspired ball or just kind of give up on the season. Um, I do think the angle that's kind of funny is Lane Kiffin putting on a show for his uh, future employer.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's also a good point.
0: <laughs> so I think, I mean, look, the, the over under 75 and a half. Um, and the total has gone over in seven of LSU's last 10 games. Maybe, I mean, that's a high over under, but I, maybe you see the over in this game, just offensive show. And scored
1: 91 um, points last week with Florida and Florida yeah. had allowed 36 total points in their four previous sec games like yeah. total.
0: So I think that's probably the better pick if I'm picking one or the other. Um, but I do like Kiffin to put up a ton of points. That's for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think I, I would take, honestly, I said this last week and it came back to haunt me um, cause it was way off. Obviously I don't think anyone saw the LSU win coming, but, and I hate to do it two weeks in a row, but I'm taking Ole Miss, especially at home. Um it, it, one of the one of the trends that I saw from from LSU and just like a, you know, kind of like a staple of any program that's kind of given up and and like the players have kind of quit when it gets to that point. And they didn't do that last week to their credit. But they're they're like 120 something in the country and second half points per game. Like they're allowing like 27 points per game in the second half, or maybe it's like it's over three scores. Olmus is going to continuously, especially if, if Corral's healthy, which I would assume he would be. Um they're going to just continue to put up points and put up points and put up points because now you have, you still have like all, your entire, well, you, know, you have to have Bama lose, but still like you have most of your goals still in front of you, you can still get to 11 and one, you can still get to like a New six bowl and you can still possibly win him the Heisman. And also they're like, I'm assuming arch Manning's going to be there this weekend because they're painting the end zones, like in honor of, uh, the Mannings, like the end zone mm. just says Manning in it. Interesting. Bold move. Anyway, so I think I think they put up uh, more than enough. And also that defense hasn't been that bad. They weren't that bad against Tennessee. Yeah, they're
0: getting better, I think. Um, okay. All right, last game here. Again, the final outcome probably not in question. Bama, Tennessee visits Alabama 7 p.m. on ESPN. Bama is a 25-point favorite over under 67. Um, Saban's never lost to Tennessee. Um, he not. I don't think many have been that close, to be honest. I mean, there was the the take Cody block, but other than that.
1: Twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen was close. They, they bam had to come from behind and like get a Derrick Henry touchdown with like two and a half minutes to go.
0: Last week, crazy, we didn't get to talk about it, uh, the two of us in the recap, but like you know, and Hooker goes down with the injury. Yeah. And then Milton comes in. He throws the dime that the guy it would have been a tough catch, but it's there. And then my man just runs out of bounds. I'm the last play of the game. I, I felt bad for him because you could tell mid run. He realized, oh, shit, mm-hmm. I'm past the line of scrimmage. And I've, just got, I've got doing no, it. I've got no option here but to just try to do something with my legs. And then he just gave up. I feel like, I mean, I,
1: I kind of felt bad for him, but. Um, you know why I felt bad for him is because you could see that he realized what happened. And I, I genuinely felt bad for him in that moment because it was like, very dumb decision. Yeah. And you could tell that he knew it was, and he's probably you know, frustrated because of all the other stuff. Like he was the starter, lost the starting job, all that kind of shit. And then he does that. But also because there wasn't, it didn't seem like there was another teammate that came, put their arm around him. was like, Hey, it's all right, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, I mean, yeah, that so was that stuff. If Hinton Hooker is a quarterback, uh, you know, and Ty and Evans might not be healthy still. I don't, I don't feel like this is a blowout. Okay. Because Tennessee can score points.
0: No, that's true. I mean, I, Hinden, they're obviously way better with Hendon Hooker. I don't even talk about those last few plays. That's a tough spot to come in if you're Milton. Yeah. But I just think he, I've said it all year, I just don't think they're very good with him at quarterback. And so
1: it's a drastic difference. I mean, he's just not an one of the best passer. quarterbacks in the SEC, man. Like, I mean, he's yeah. like statistically, he's been great. He, he's right. He's ahead of Corral in completion percentage, passer rating. He has 14 touchdowns, one interception on the year. Like, they, they Tennessee has not turned the ball over in their last four games or they've turned the ball over. I'm sorry. One time in their last four games, that's it. And so since he's taken over, he's that they've been, they've been really good like, and all the things you need to be, you know, to not get blown out, like not do like what Jerry Guarantana would do every single game last year, which was like, you are just fucking waiting for Like him to lose his mind, make a very key costly mistake. And then you're playing from behind the rest of the day. They haven't done that at all.
0: Yeah, I, I I just feel like with the the two games that Bama's struggled, the one they lost and then the Florida game, it felt like the line of scrimmage was definitely dominated by the other team. Yeah. Or not, maybe not dominated, but
1: No, it was, I mean, yeah, that's fair.
0: Um I just don't see Tennessee having the talent to do that.
1: Uh They lead the SEC in tackles for loss. That's
0: okay. That's okay. Um I mean more like running the ball on Bama. Like they have a good run offense. They mm-hmm. they they actually the two teams average about the same amount of points a game. Bama's a little higher, but Tennessee is very balanced. They yeah. they average about the same passing as they do rushing and they they average about 250 yards a game on the ground. Um but I think that maybe that A&M game as a game it's seemingly every year for the most part with Bama like when they lose it gets them to the next level offensively and defensively I don't know I just I just don't see it happening um now maybe if Hooker plays and he's healthy which is a big if they keep it close for a little bit but ultimately I don't really see this being a game
1: I for whatever reason I have a bad feeling but I'm also completely irrational nowadays when it comes to Bama games so I don't know I, uh, I think. I,
0: trust me, I get it. I mean, I, 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 said last night when the Braves gave up the homer to Bellinger that they're going to lose the series.
1: So. Okay. Yeah. Not like that. But I just, um, <laughs> I have a complete failure to, I think, objectively, um, say when they're going to play well and when they're not going to play well. Usually, because I'm trying yeah. to say they're not going to play well. But I think you know, yeah, on paper they should be fine. But it's also 25 uh, is a lot of points, like a lot yeah. of points. And I, I do feel like this. It comes down to Hooker because if Milton's in the game. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a long day
0: what
1: was Um, your favorite thing in 2006 let's talk about that for a second the last time Tennessee beat Alabama
0: my favorite thing in 2006 um,
1: cargo shorts
0: let's see I was like middle of college how about the last time how about the last time Fisher I'm sorry not Fisher sorry something just went off outside my house it's distracting me Um, how about the last time Tennessee won in Tuscaloosa 2003 Definitely oh, cargo shorts at that point.
1: That was fucking terrible. Was a five I was definitely in a
0: cargo. <laughs> I had uh, earrings. You had, oh yeah, you, see that's why I didn't like
1: you. I didn't yeah. know you, but you look like such a douchebag.
0: Yeah, I was. Um,
1: <laughs> I, I kind of i i had uh, frosted tips. Yeah, and puka shell. Now I don't even it. have hair. I think the hair. I think that was God that was like trying to take you down a peg because you're <laughs> yeah, such a better person now without hair.
0: Or the like the shit that like probably ruined my scalp that I put in my hair to dye it blonde.
1: No, no, it was Absolutely. karma. It was definitely God. Um, <laughs> but no, that first off, I remember that game. Cause it was like, there was a fourth and 19 and Tennessee had a receiver playing quarterback. So, um, anyways, we did, we went over time cause Tyler's got to run and we've got, um, wait, we got a couple fan questions. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll stick around.
0: We'll make them quick. Yeah. Um, Emory writes, what would your Joey freshwater name be? you go first? um brock stillridge is what i came up with i'm sorry what happened brock stillridge i I grew up on stillridge drive and uh brock just seems like the ultimate douche name to me so
1: um i so tyler champagne
0: (laughs) tyler's just the ultimate douche name
1: no that's a real person um and that's (laughs) but when i was not as great of a person as i am now uh who i would save numbers in my phone as, um, when I didn't want somebody to see it like a decade ago. And there, even to this day, there's four Tyler champagnes in my, in my phone right now. <laughs> so that would be mine. <laughs>
0: um, if you could erase, uh, Emery also wrote, if you could erase one game from any sport from history, what would it be?
1: Um, probably, probably the, let's see here. Uh, the Georgia, Oklahoma Rose Bowl. So they never made it to the championship game, and they had zero joy in their heart that entire season. Um No, I, I mean, I, I, people say the kick six because I, you know, that kind of sucked. I don't know. You, I don't know. You go first again.
0: Mine's mine's Falcon Super Bowl hands down. Oh right. fuck yeah,
1: that's yeah hands down. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's um, awful. That or Aaron Boone, but we ended up winning the next year. So like, I mean,
0: fuck. Oh yeah, like yeah, that's right, yeah. All right, Tyler writes. If you could take one former player and put them on your current roster, who would it be? Uh, I'll go first because I, I I came up with this. Charlie Ward for me. I um, oh, no. bad O line necessitates a, a a mobile quarterback. I also think his game was a little before his, its time. Nineteen ninety three. Yeah, they they didn't run like that kind of mobile QB. And actually, I think Canell said this on a, on the interview, like. His game, in today's game would be ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah. So I think a great team makes, obviously, a great QB makes a team better. So I would take that over anything on this team right now. Well,
1: <laughs> got so dark. Yeah. These people dark. also forget that he was such a good quarterback because, like, that stretch of Heisman winners, you had Ty Detmer, who had, I think he had 29 touchdowns and like 15 interceptions. And then Gino Toretta for Miami. And then he threw three picks in the national title game. Charlie Ward wins the national title, but ends up going first round of the NBA and just has an NBA career. Cause he's so fucking talented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like the ones after that were like, you know, Rashawn Salam and Eddie George were okay, but not, not at a quarterback. Right. Right. Um, I, if you could, br- I would bring back Jeremy Pruitt to be the defensive coordinator, um, and not play any sports. He would just be the defensive coordinator probably or Kirby. Um, just that no, I'm kidding. I wouldn't bring Kirby back because he wasn't. Just that Georgia MVP wouldn't have him. No, no, like like I wouldn't bring Kirby back just because I wouldn't want to hear Georgia fans have a very irrational sense of pride when it comes to and a very skewed uh revisionist history on what what he did at Alabama. Um he was very successful. I don't think he was the one running the show. Anyway, if I could bring back one guy this year, I would probably be uh Jonathan Allen or or like one of those like D linemen, like A. Sean Robinson that would not get fucking blown off the ball every single snap
0: that's a good point uh michael writes was having the olympics in 1996 worth cursing georgia sports uh i'll go ahead and answer that absolutely not michael um me going to literally this is not a joke going to see the marathon with my dad that is so So bad you sit in the stadium they go around the track once they leave for four hours and they come back um did your dad hate you
1: like do we have that in common
0: that that (laughs) That wasn't worth it to me for, no. for the amount of pain that we have. Um, this one well, seems more probably driven towards me. Adrian writes, would you take Jimbo back?
1: Why didn't I get to answer the, the Olympics question? I went to all the events.
0: Well, you're not a huge Georgia sports fan, are you?
1: No, not at all. But like, listen, they also <laughs> had the, they had soccer at Legion Field and that state wasn't cursed.
0: That's true. Yeah. Um. um Would I take Jimbo back? Okay, that's a very simple answer for me. Do I get Jimbo circa 2010 to 2013?
1: You would take him regardless, you know. Or
0: do I get embittered, looking for a raise every year, pouting to the administration, giving up on recruiting, instilling toxic culture Jimbo that we got? Still being better than you are right now, though. No, no, actually, I think this is why we're on this path. It it Uh, definitely is,
1: but you would still take that in this moment. mm, Listen, if if, like... If, I'll take Jimbo
0: number one is a no-brainer. Jimbo number two, it's, it was a dead end no matter what.
1: What do you think this is with Taggart and then Norvell? I don't think Norvell
0: is a dead end. I, th- I still think he's a good coach. Jesus Christ.
1: What would that uh, version be of the question for me? I don't know. Who would, I, would I take Mike Dubose back? Yeah, probably so. I need to be humbled every now and then.
0: <laughs> uh, Kobe writes, worst QB to have in the locker room, Tate Martell or Spencer
1: Rattler? Spencer Rattler. Because Spencer Rattler was actually given the keys of the whole fucking thing, and and then like the worst thing that could have happened to Spencer Rattler was that entire offseason like that entire off season where he played well but never on the big stage. I think as soon as that kid gets in front of people, he just becomes a different person, and he it's all about him. Yeah, and I don't. I think he can't get like I don't. I probably shouldn't say this, but
0: don't say it. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop you. All right. I'm going to say Tate Martell is actually the same type of person. He just has a hot sister. So you prefer him at least if his sister's going to be walking around campus. Also true. Yeah. Uh, and last one, Chris writes, better odds. The SEC gets three teams in the playoffs or Lane Kiffin endorses titleless golf balls.
1: Lane Kiffin will absolutely endorse yeah. a golf ball like or something golf related very, very soon.
0: Yeah, I don't even think that's like a hypothetical. I think that's really going to
1: happen soon. You know, and also, we'll close on this. The most beautiful thing I've ever, I think, I've witnessed, like in irony, in SEC fandom, you had for three and a half, four hours, Tennessee fans giving the finger, screaming and hollering, cussing out Kiffin, throwing shit on the field, throwing shit at him because, like, you know, he he was the start of that whole situation went downhill, and then he took off his visor and threw it into the stands, Love <laughs> and it. there were multiple people diving over try to catch it. Oh yeah, of course. Anyway.
0: Yeah, so anyways enjoy the week this week we didn't have time to play the voicemails from this week there were some good ones we got we're getting more and more every week so it's getting fun um so don't forget there were people calling in just to talk shit about other fan bases that their teams weren't even playing in a game i, I love like it. that bring yeah. it all uh 424 45 give us a call give us a voicemail we love it uh for chris i'm tyler thanks for listening we'll talk to you on sunday